0: This episode of the No Huddle Show is being brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske Automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey or online at ChevroletOfTurnersville.com and CadillacOfTurnersville.com.
1: What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here, NJ.com. Latest episode of the No Huddle Show here with Mike K. our preview episode Big game this week, which is something we say every week. It is a week to week thing, but if there was ever a game that they can't afford to lose, like I, I know we we it's it's such a cliche to say that every week, but if they fall to four and seven after losing to the Giants of all teams, like just call it.
0: Well, when you can't win two games in a row, ever, ever. every every game is a big yeah. game. You know what I mean? It's kind of. Giants
1: have won two games in a row, and the Eagles yeah, haven't. That. Like that's crazy.
0: Um. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a must-win. They have to win this game. Every NFC East game from now on is a must-win game. And I think for the Eagles, they're kind of situated where on offense, I think they can run wild on this defense. But that said, the big story of this week is the secondary. And I just don't know how you you know, take Odell Beckham... Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram out of the game collectively. Plus, you, Saquon
1: Barkley's basically a wide receiver half the time.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a da- going to be a daunting task for the defense. I think when you look at how this defense is structured, it does kind of seem like they're overcompensating uh, in the passing game, which is affecting the running game. Saquon Barkley in Week Six came in and absolutely just ran through this this great run defense at the time.
1: It kind of feels like he's the one that broke them too, because they've right. since then they've like gone way downhill.
0: Right. Well, they yeah. played
1: really good players, but like he that was like the tipping point.
0: Yeah. Um. You know, coming into uh, following the bye, only one player had run for over fifty yards uh, against them, and since then, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's done it. Um. I believe Camara did it. So. Look, the, the run defensive struggles have really uh, kind of coincided with the secondary issues, and it just seems like Malcolm Jenkins can't do as much against the run game because he's kind of babysitting the secondary. Uh, I think the linebackers have played poorly. There, there's a lot going on there, and I I, I think this is going to be a very close game, but I th- still think it's a very winnable game for the Eagles, obviously.
1: And well, the, And the... The uh, weird part is that it's a very winnable game for the Giants, too. Yes, yeah, 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 like, for sure. Like, that that kind of tells you the Because sti- when we talked about the Giants game going into week six, we're like, Giants are trash, Eagles are going to kill them. Like, this is a game you you just win and, and hope you can gain some momentum. They looked really good. If you listen to that post-game pod, I'm sure we were sounding pretty optimistic about the rest of the season. Yeah. And it's just funny how quickly things change. Like, okay, so we've, we'll have we we'll get into the specifics of the injuries. I guess we can get into it now. So when they played, from the gap time they played against the Giants to now – a few players that started that game that won't be there this time include Derek Barnett, Jordan Hicks will likely not be playing. Uh Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills will likely not be playing. Ronald Sidney Darby. Jones, who started that game and got his initial injury. Ronald Darby is for sure out. Um they're probably gonna be with Vontae Vonta Maddox, who was starting at safety in that game. Like yeah. that was the game where Joel Douglas played safety, like that. Yeah. And he might not play. Yeah. Like so. that that's like seven guys I just listed and the defense played pretty well in that game. They had an interception Camus early in the game. It pr- that was that, the last time they had an interception too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he, he might be playing a lot because Jordan Hicks was out. Uh, like, that that was, like, the high point of a lot of things for that team, that game. And it's just, like, everything else since then has gone down. But, like, they're, you, you mentioned it, but, like, they're going to be – they could be without their top four cornerbacks, not counting Ronald Darby, who we are, we know is out for the year. Mm-hmm. So that way – the Same three guys last week that weren't on the team a month ago: Craven LeBlanc, Devontae Bosby, and uh, Shandon Sullivan are your top three cornerbacks, and you're going against maybe one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, Eli Manning's Eli Manning. If you're if you're gonna, you know, if they're gonna have their coming out party against anybody, maybe it's Eli Manning. But ha- the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is the one on the other side of the the side li- the la- line of scrimmage, is troubling.
0: So the key for this game, with the secondary being the way it is, and even Hicks being out. It's on the offense. You have to score enough points that you're going to finish have, drives. Yeah, you got to finish drives. You got to take advantage of everything. And the defensive line needs to play more in sync. They're going to get Tim Jernigan back, which is terrific. But we don't know how he's going to react to not having played football. Yeah, and no what movie. to expect out of him? You know, and, you know in, in what what is it? Ten months.
1: Yeah, I mean he hasn't I mean he's only practiced for the first time a couple weeks ago. For the first time since the Super Bowl.
0: Right. So. You know those expectations. You don't know what's up. They haven't been able to get to the quarterback. Nobody's really been able to get to Drew Brees, so you can't really. Yeah, that game's kind of an take take that game out of the picture when right, you're talking but they about still it. Still yeah. have not. Yeah. Been, done a really good job of. The defensive line's
1: control. been a problem.
0: They need to do that here. Um, they need to get to Eli. You've got to force that Eli face, and it's <laughs> just it, look. If you can't rise up to the challenge, I feel like the Eagles, outside of last week. Play up to the level of their opponents, which can be a good and a bad thing, but I think this game, if you can't step up for this game you're done you're to- no this if they lose this game they're done yeah done enough
1: with the scenarios like yeah if, they lo- if you lose this game you're done like in, in all ways the rock room might crumble and there's already shown some like cracks in the system that maybe they open up quite a little bit bigger sure. if things get they lose on Sunday
0: like yeah, you know they've got to win this game it's at home. They're currently 2-3 and three at home. Lost
1: which, three in a row at home.
0: Right, so... Which know, they
1: didn't done, haven't done since 2013, I believe. I looked it up.
0: So, you know, you really got to... This is your put-up or shut-up time. And then you can kind of be like, well, now I can feel optimistic because the Cowboys have kind of even the ground in the NFC East, where if they lose to the... If the Eagles beat the Giants... Let's put... This is what the scenario is, and we'll get to, more into it later. But the Eagles win this game... The Cowboys lose next week and the Eagles win next week. They are in the driver's seat again. Like not only control your own destiny, and they are and, in the and then
1: you play the Cowboys on the road the week after that. So right. like it's it's there, like the, you can see it. Like the tunnel is there. It's just yeah. a matter of if it closes down on them or and not.
0: The, you know, despite popular belief, yeah, Damari Cooper looked good. The Cowboys in general did not look good yesterday. I, I,
1: I the Redskins think... just are so banged up at this point right. that like it's just they that. have something. Their their offense is what the Eagles have been dealing with on defense.
0: Right. I think the the Redskins were probably the best team in. In the conference, as of division. Two yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Division <laughs> no, I know you meant as, as of two weeks ago, and it, you know it's a shame for them that yeah you know, to, you to
1: go on to a six and three start and then lose your quarterback. Yeah. Right.
0: So yeah, I mean, I think it's very realistic that the Eagles, if they beat the Giants, could be in the driver's seat in a week. You know, because nobody's beating the Saints, and you know you want to you want to get to that division championship. You want to get that home playoff game, and then you see where it goes from there. Um. We touched on the cornerbacks a little bit. Let's talk about the pressure. So a lot of people talk about the pressure that it puts on Malcolm. Malcolm. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, I think kind of, I know what you're saying now. You don't even need to continue. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, so putting <laughs> on Malcolm Jenkins and the pass rush. But I think the secondary puts so much stress on Carson Wentz and this offense. And the way you alleviate that stress is by having a balanced attack. Uh, you need to run the football in this game. Run this some clock. This is a game that Corey Clement should have at least 10 10 carries. Josh Adams should have at least 15. You have to find balance here. That's the only way you are going to be able to take the pressure off of Carson. Part of the reason why Carson struggled so much against the Saints early on is they weren't on the field very often, and they couldn't control the football. That's what running the football does. Um, Josh Adams has proven that he can make some plays. He's probably been the most explosive player over the last three weeks. 77
1: yards a carry. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like crazy. That's, it's the best in the NFL in that stretch, I, think, I believe.
0: And and he's had a run of over 20, yards 20 yard,
1: 28-yard touchdown. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, you'll see, they'll run at the first play, they won't gain anything, and then it's like, okay, the running game's not working.
0: Well, I think they, 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 they're pressing with their
1: use of yeah. Carson. I, think well, I mean, that's you, you saw with Sean Payton's comments to Peter King about, like, we want to make Carson throw the ball at us. It's because, like, all right, let's stop the run, and be, let's stop the run early, and then all of a sudden they're just going to, abandon it, so let's force Carson to beat us.
0: Which is weird, because a lot of teams became one-dimensional against the Eagles' defense and yeah. ended up winning because of it, because they kept throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Carson's going to have to throw the ball probably 40 times this game. That's that's going to happen. But you need to be able to run the ball efficiently, because you want to close. If this team's up by 10 points, you can't trust them. You have to run the football. And I think Josh Adams has shown you, I mean, he, he's averaging 6.6 yards per carry overall, I believe. And, uh, you know, he's just picking I mean, he's had maybe three negative runs over the last three weeks. So keep riding him. If you want to start off the game doing three straight runs, depending on the success of it, I'm kind of cool with that. Yeah. Like, establish the run. I, I, I agree. You know, Saquon Barkley is going to tear this defense apart. It's just, you know, it's going to happen. Keep the
1: ball out of his hands as long as you can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> keep the ball out of his hands. Try to play re- really good red zone defense. That's what won them the last game. I mean, they yeah. put up some yardage in that game. I mean, look at
1: Saquon's numbers from that game. He had like yeah. 200 total yards, and they yeah. and they scored what? What was the final score? It was like 31 to uh, to 13. 13, yeah. So I mean,
0: so you've got to you've got to take advantage. I actually kind of want to see them start with the ball. I know that's crazy, but like you need to see them start off quickly. I think the defense is tired. Um, you're asking. I mean,
1: look, th- sorry to cut you off, but. Uh, the Eagles had 46 plays total last week on offense. Well, they
0: had 7 plays total in their first 3 drives. They had they were
1: three. some like 46 out. for a game is like that's like really low.
0: Well, and and Doug Peterson and Mike Rowe both hinted at that as well. So, I look run the ball. We say it every week, but run this is the game you have to control everything because if Eli's under pressure, we know how he reacts to that. Um I like Shandon Sullivan. I liked what I saw the fight from him against the Saints. I, thought I think he can be a player too. Okay yeah. in the preseason, yeah. um, you know, Bosby's got good size. Maybe you put him against Sterling Shepard, you feel good. I think Malcolm Jenkins will line up against Evan Ingram. I think that's a matchup to watch. Um, and then a linebacker. Let's talk about Jordan Hicks because I, yeah. I know you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, it's
1: an it's an important thing to discuss. Yeah.
0: Nigel Bradham played basically middle linebacker for most of their Super Bowl run. And he was better
1: last year than he has been this year.
0: Right. So, right, exactly. So my thought process is maybe you get him back in there. Maybe he got comfortable there. Um, And I trust Camus and and Gary to an extent. It
1: it seemed like Jim Schwartz implied that Nate Gary might be the guy that even, I don't know if he starts, but it seems like he's a guy that's going to have to step up a little bit. They, They trust him at... Every linebacker spot, which is why they like him so much, I think. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Like they talked about him before, talking about Camus, who I think is a, probably the, one of their best playmakers on defense, relative to like the number of plays he plays and mm-hmm. how. And he should have had an interception against the Cowboys that might have changed that game. Yeah. But I mean. This is kind of going to be the game where you find out what those guys are made of. If, and, and if they need to bring back Hicks next year. Like, this is kind of their tryout for next year, almost.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you bring back... Hey, that's a whole other... Yeah, that's, like, we can, we'll have a podcast where we yeah, talk about the future of team. It'll teams. just be about Jordan Hicks. Um, hopefully they'll <laughs> sponsor. But, but I, mean, how,
1: I mean, how do you think they... they when, with those guys in, like... How, how do you think they match up with the Giants' offense? It's I mean, gonna be tough.
0: Here's what I like about Gary is I think you, if he's if he gets put on a linebacker or a running back, he's got the speed to actually. And he's got the thing. coverage experience from being a safety. Right. So, I, I in a way, I think that that might be a benefit because Jordan Hicks looks a little bit slower out there. He doesn't look like the playmaker he once was. So maybe that you know maybe that opens. I maybe mean, this is a
1: jolt they need or something.
0: Well, and I, I we haven't seen enough of Nate Gary. to really been, have – he has like
1: been banged up this year. He's a guy that haven't. It's kind of. He's a depth piece and he's been hurt, so that's like right. one of their many depth problems they've
0: had. I mean, I think in in base, he's probably probably the most appealing replacement for Hicks. But like in nickel, you've got to figure out if it's going to be Camus or Gary that lines up against next to Bradham. And look, I don't think they miss Michael Kendricks in, the, in even even no. an inch, but. I do, you don't know what Gary is it's hard to make a you know jump to a conclusion because he was a safety in college it's what most of your film is the preseason you're facing vanilla offenses you don't know what he can retain you don't know how smart he is you don't know all this stuff so I think this is an interesting game and if he can emerge really we've talked about this before guys playing well like Josh Adams and and Trayvon Sullivan or sorry uh, uh, Avante Maddox playing well and making it. So maybe these other guys aren't back next year and they're cheap. You know, that's one of the bright sides of having all these injuries. The the other, the negative side of it is your four and six. So again, Jernigan returning, Nate Gary, having an elevated role. Uh, we like Shannon Sullivan. That's every layer of your defense. And I think, you know, there, there's room to be positive. I think if Shannon Sullivan can step up playing a whole game, that's great. Uh, I am not encouraged by Corey Graham doing anything on the field anymore. No. Uh, he is done. Uh, but they're probably going to have to start him at free safety. Trey Sullivan, I think, got pulled. I, I don't know that for a fact. That's not a report. But I think he got pulled the other day against the Saints. Because they were just dropping bombs.
1: Um, Maybe try DeAndre Hall out, see if he exists as a no, player on this no, team. No, that's, no? Not, okay. that's not a good idea. Um, <laughs> I agree. I'm, like, it, that's just one of those, like, why they do that moves. <laughs> From this year, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that trade at all. Um, and then, you know, your your linebacker depth is going to be tested. If Gary goes down, you're going to play one of the special teams players, like Leroy Reynolds, who really hasn't played on defense in uh,
1: at several all. years. I mean, yeah, he played like one or two snaps earlier and, this year. And then
0: DJ Alexander's never played. He's another game. guy
1: like, wait, he, he exists here? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so, again, the defense, not looking terrific, but it's nice to have Jernigan back. And maybe Jernigan will surprise us. Like, I already got a – I'm going to save a tweet in my inbox already that says Timmy Jernigan, defensive MVP, when he has two sacks in this game. Oh, so, man. That would be crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's playing I – mean, he he
1: he's playing – tra- let's talk about Timmy Jernigan a little bit. So, he, he's a very interesting case because, you know, they traded for him before last season. They, like, swapped third round picks from the Ravens, grabbed him. <laughs> He was really good in the first half of the year, I believe, and then he he started going way downhill performance-wise.
0: From a pass rushing standpoint, he was really good. Uh, he retained the the run stopping. It, it was just more of the consistency.
1: Yeah, yeah, the consistency was an issue, and then he had this mysterious back injury this off season. They still haven't really like said what it was, and they probably would never will. Maybe we'll never. Maybe they'll come out eventually. I don't know, but. Uh, He's a guy that they, as a result of that injury, they restructured his contract to where he has three team options now. The last three years, he's gonna be making, I think, thirteen million a year. Like that's a lot. So in order for him to earn that money, he needs to play like close to Aaron Donald level this these last few weeks. And at, I mean, if he can make a huge impact on the team, then they'll find a way to bring him back. But he's kind of playing for his job right now.
0: Right. Yeah. And, or he's playing for a restructure. Or, I mean, yeah. You know. So, um, and I think that's fair. You give the Eagles the leverage when this injury is what it is, and. Um, look, he, it, you look at the numbers, the numbers aren't like terrific, but you look at what he's able to do for Fletcher Cox, who's then able to attack a lot more. I think that'll make the defense better. Tim Jernigan's a really solid defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox is a really great defensive tackle, and he's kind of fallen off because he started off quickly, played really well, and then it just seems like the the lack of depth next to him Really hurt him. Um, I think he, he's overcompensated like Malcolm Jenkins has in the secondary. You know, you've got to find your balance. And I think a lot of people have been quick to criticize Fletcher Cox because he's kind of disappeared somewhat from the, the box score. Relative to the first, like, four or five weeks, yeah. You also have to factor in the fact that Derek Barnett's not there, um, who I think was coming along <coughs> very, very well. And then
1: you have Brandon Graham going the opposite way, Chris Long going the opposite way. Bennett's been pretty solid, but. Yeah,
0: Bennett's going to have to have a big game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bennett, I want to see more Josh Sweat, man. Like, at this point, like, what do you...
1: Find out if you have... Because they, they, he might need to start next year, so...
0: That dude's athletic as hell. I'm uh, uh, I'm part of his hive, I feel like, <laughs> at this point. That's my dude, but, uh, yeah, um, he's a guy, give him 20 snaps and figure out where he's at. Um, touching back on that, though, the running game and having that running game established will help this defense because it'll give them more time to kind of recuperate especially from bad plays cuz there's going to be at least two big breakaway catches for for the Giants offense. It's just yeah. it's going to happen. Um or for Saquon, guys are going to bounce off the dude. So again, this needs to be a well-balanced session from both the offense and the defense, but the offense it, it, the the onus is on the offense to really show up in this game. It's it's time. Like you can talk about Carson. You can talk about all these weapons that he has. Now's the time. This is your season. It's playoff. You're in a playoff game.
1: Every game the rest of the way is pretty much playoffs for them.
0: You know, and the thing is is people are going to people are going to kill me in the comments for this. I know this already. Fair or not, Carson's legacy is going to be compared to Nick Foles. It's just it is what it is. Uh Nick Foles had an incredible playoff run. Carson has not been to the playoffs. He's not He's not – he has technically led a team to the playoffs. So I guess he yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rams game. He's never played in a playoff game. He's never played in a playoff game. This is his first playoff game right here. And so you need to see him, how he reacts to, hey, this season's really on the line. No one thought they were going to beat the Saints. I don't even think, you know if they thought they were going to beat the Saints. But, you know, now's the time. This is – you're playing playoff football pretty much every time you play an NFC East team. And probably the Texans. Like, the Rams, they can lose the Rams game. They can even probably lose the... No, no, they can't lose the Texans game. They need to win against the Texans. They, they got to win it. at home. <laughs> but, baby steps, right? Yeah, you yeah. win this game. Win this game and first. Then, and then, and then, you and I have talked about this privately at least several times. How do you get the guys up to win that next game? Because they haven't won two games in a, in a, row. a row. And this is the time. You've got two home games right here to say, hey... You know, now's the time. And then you got to string together that third win in Dallas. And then you can, you know, you're due for a loss. and You lose to the Rams. That's fine. Whatever. I'm just telling you, like, this division is handing itself to the Eagles. And, and they, we just wanna <laughs> yeah, they just don't want to take it. Yeah. I mean, you just have to see. And, and, you know, honestly, I don't think either one of us think this team can really go far in the playoffs if they do make the playoffs. Yeah. But if you do make the playoffs,
1: you're not... Anything's that, possible, technically. Yeah, yeah, then
0: you're not that team that was like, oh, they won the Super Bowl and, and then they, then they, they made a deal away. with the devil where they're going to lose like 10 straight seasons. So, although I do remember seeing on Twitter a lot of people being like, I'll take the Super Bowl and we can be... Doesn't the seem like providers. they they stuck true to that. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, know, it's
1: Philadelphia. I, 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 I've said this before, I was curious how long it would take for them to turn on like Doug and the coaching staff and stuff and it, it was... It happened pretty well, quick. Well,
0: am like Three minutes to turn on Jim Schwartz, who wasn't even the problem the first several weeks. Yeah, but, uh that's the thing too. Like, if they are overcompensating in the passing game, that's on Jim Schwartz. You gotta you gotta stay true to your your philosophy of run defense first. Also, I'm gonna be a little condescending here. Here, a bit. this is my one time to be. Hey, so how about Jalen Mills? I think <laughs> Jalen Mills is an effective? Uh, yeah, defensive right. Player. I miss him right now. Like. Do you, do, does you know like the tackling? It's not a coincidence that the tackling is like gone Tanked, to crap yeah. since Jalen Mills has been gone. Jalen Mills is one of the best tackling corners in the entire league, and frankly, the coverage would have been a lot better against the Saints with Jalen Mills there. Yeah, uh, I think Jalen Mills is a number two corner,
1: probably at best. But he's probably the... On this team, he's the... Yeah,
0: but on this team, he's the number one. That is yeah. just, that is what it is.
1: And I wonder how long this injury's going to linger, because every time we talk to Doug, he's kind of like, oh, that's a, that's a little bit longer, because he says day-to-day for the other guys. Whenever he says, oh, that's a little... Like, he's been saying that about Darren Sproles all year. Yeah, like, I mean, it,
0: I don't think he has a broken foot or anything. I haven't seen him in the locker yeah. with a boot or anything. But it's
1: clearly serious enough that they're pretty much declaring him out pretty early in the week. Yeah. Um, I mean, they haven't technically, but they pretty much are. Yeah,
0: today, Friday... We're recording this before the injury report came out.
1: But, but, but by all I mean, none of those guys have practiced this week, and it didn't sound like they would today either. Yeah, he so. gave us
0: the old day to day, which never sounds good. When it's
1: day to day on Friday, yeah. <laughs> well, he, I mean, somebody yeah, I at heard, pointed, He's like, oh, we have we have time. Not, I mean, I don't think there's a guy that's played really. this year when they didn't practice on Friday or all week at least. I mean, most teams typically. Yeah, know. yeah. You, you it's pretty rare unless again. it's like a veteran guy who like doesn't need a practice to play or something. Yeah, and they don't really have that in the secondary, so everybody's like two years old. So let me pose a question <laughs>
0: to you: Does Darren Sproles play again this year? And and follow up to that: If he does, does it matter?
1: That's a good way of phrasing it. I'd say yes and no to those two questions. I, I, it's maybe he played like a ceremonial thing in week 16 or 17 or something at this point cuz it, it, they they've just stopped talking about him like it, it's yeah, at the, it's, it's at the point where like people just like moved on from that include maybe the the staff is like trying to all right we'll keep it up like at this point they're not going to put him on injured reserve uh but it's going to get to a point where it doesn't matter whether he plays or not so all right this is his last game of his career let's throw him out there against uh, the redskins in week 17 like I, you know it'd that, be really like that's my head right now
0: you know it be really weird. I I j- like it literally a light bulb went off as you're talking about it. So week 16 is their last home game. Do you know who they play?
1: They play the uh, Texans, right?
0: Yeah, you know who plays for the Texans now? DeAndre Carter. Yeah. <laughs> how how like crazy would that be? If, a like that's Sproles like first game back. And Carter just returns one. Yeah, from. yeah. Oh man, that would be a miss. Yeah, because of that decision. <laughs> I mean, that that's uh,
1: what, the punt return game is the least of their concerns now, well, funnily but, enough. Here's but yeah, thing
0: like Golden Tate's now got that role. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he's the Saints, imp- Saints didn't punt very much last week. <laughs> yeah, but he played relatively well that first week. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like to me, it's almost like if you're not doing well, it is nice to have that PR piece. And oh, Darren Sproles back there, but. Uh,
1: I mean that maybe that's the angle (laughs) why I mean because he there's no way he comes back again next year so if if he's like all right I'm I'm hurting but let's just like throw me out there well it's just like one play
0: uh you know I think somebody brought up the the IR return guy if they lose this game who cares
1: yeah who cares if Mike Wallace is playing
0: yeah like well
1: I mean he does even if they do
0: win who cares but uh. I think it's i think it's one of those things. Remember Matt Collins? Remember yeah. him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen him since I've been that's here. That's
1: the that's the craziest part about it. Like Mike Wallace is in the locker room all the time. He he shoots the crap with the reporters. Like yeah, he's, he's pretty open about his recovery.
0: Yeah, me me. And maybe Mac Collins
1: is kinda like MIA. I I think Mac Collins is playing for his job in training camp next year. Oh,
0: for sure. I mean I think that's just kind of maybe his veteran savvy of like, hey, I know how the media works, maybe I should um I
1: also he also wants a few I've heard him talk about how he wants a future in the media too. Like so yeah. I so I mean it's smart to like ingratiate yourself with these guys. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe but he'll be he's, he's I mean I really have, have you had a chance to talk to him at all? I'm not probably not, right? Not not Because but... you got hurt he got hurt the week you started pretty right, much. yeah. So but... he could blame you, I guess, but but, no, he, but we have we have I like him as a, as like he's a guy that like if he was healthy and a part of this team he'd be a leader on this team, I think.
0: We have some mutual confidence and he is like really well spoken. People around
1: us. I mean, I've talked to other people in the media and people around the league yeah. all really like him as a Human being, and he, yeah. he's been productive as well. As he mentioned, like when I was talking to him the other day, it's cr- he's only missed two games, he'd only missed two games in his career before this year, which is insane. Right? It's, thought, it's that's, that's, that's that's remarkable. For a wide receiver who's relatively small, like size wise, that, that's pretty impressive. He's
0: one of those guys that I think gets like a negative, like, vi- like a negative external vibe because he's so well traveled. Uh, and he had the stuff that happened with the Steelers where yeah, he kind he, of held out. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, he was, he had to hold out back then. Um,
0: yeah. And he, his stint in Miami didn't go very well. But, you know, every time I see him, he's smiling. He's very friendly. He, he, he d- should be the third third host of the No Hot. <laughs> <that next laughs> Gladly. Year, you know. but,
1: but he, like, it's kind of an underrated thing. He's, like, one of those, like, veteran guys that, I mean, it, the, the reality is, like, when you're injured, you're just not as much a part of the team as when you're, like, right. active. And I, I think he would be a guy that, at least in that, you know, they've talked about, you know, you heard Jason Kelsey mention specific guys in specific rooms that they're missing. You know, LeGarrette Blunt here, even he said Matt Collins randomly, I think, which was interesting. Uh, Brent Selick, Patrick Robinson, like they had guys in the room and that maybe they don't have that right now because Mike Wallace is injured in the receiver room. I don't know if any of those guys are leaders necessarily. I know everybody loves Alshon Jeffrey, but he's pretty soft-spoken guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you look at what LeGarrette Blunt said after, uh, yeah, he the, spoke
1: out against the coaching staff for the Lions.
0: Right, and he backed up Matt Stafford. Matt Safford. Safford,
1: yeah, and you need guys like that.
0: Right, and I think <clears throat> this is a players' league, and you need this team is like you can. I, you and I weren't here last year, but you can even tell like when you talk to guys when they talk about Legarrett, or they talk. About yeah, yeah, Ryan, yeah. That this is.
1: So I, I, I wanted to get into this. We can just do it now. So it's been interesting dichotomy in the locker room this week, where, you know, first, you saw last week with Jason Kelsey's comments, and then you had Malcolm Jenkins come back and be like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but that's his opinion. And then this week, you had Malcolm Jenkins kind of speaking out, like, more than I've, he, he's the guy that if anyone's going to do it, it's him. He said, you know, he didn't like the demeanor of the team, this, this, and that. If we're, I'd rather, you know, get kicked out of the game than, than lose the way we did. And then you have, you know, Zach Ertz on the offense being like, I mean, I can only speak for the offense, but I don't know if I agree with that. And then Fletcher Cox, who's another defensive leader, being like, I don't agree with that. And I'm, it's interesting that that's happening. It seems like maybe, the, I don't know if they're that excited about Malcolm taking that up in the media as opposed to behind the scenes. But it, it's just something to keep an eye on because when you have leaders on the same side of the ball, like I, I get it, if the offense and the defense are on different pages because the reality is they a lot of the stuff they do is apart. But when you have Fletcher Cox and Malcolm Jenkins kind of disagreeing through the media, I mean, that's this is just something that wasn't happening last year. And I don't know if it's necessarily a problem. Maybe it's good that they're, they're, you know, they're, they're willing to talk about what they agree and disagree with. But guess it just, this is just something that like, wasn't an issue last year. This
0: has been a rough PR week for Malcolm Jenkins. And I think he took the Saints loss to heart because that game was very personal. Personal. Yeah. Um, so that's what I chipped that up to. But like, Zachert, like I'm not saying Zacherts isn't a leader, and I'm not saying Fletcher Cox isn't a leader either.
1: They're it's, different kinds of leaders, if they anything. They
0: are, and I don't think they are still
1: they're, young. They're, they're do. those are the guys that are like lead by example type guys, whereas Malcolm is the vocal guy. Right. That's why you see Malcolm making the speech every time they go out. It's so, like him so, and Jalen so, Mills. So,
0: so is Mal- uh, So is Jason Kelsey. And Kelsey, yeah. Um, I agree with Jason Kelsey, and I agree with Malcolm Jenkins. Um, there, there's am-
1: there's truth in all in all the sides. Like maybe they're. I don't. I don't necessarily think the the team like laid down against the Saints. They didn't play well, and maybe the effort waned. Out, but like you're down forty-eight to seven, like I don't blame them for that.
0: Yeah, I mean I think nothing was working. Yeah. Nothing except for Cam. Uh, Cam Johnson. Nothing. He won Player of the Week. Did you know?
1: I actually, didn't know that. Did he yeah. really? Oh well, no, the Eagles played. Oh, I was game. like, wait a second. What? Um,
0: great hit. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: that's, Oh man, that hit was awesome. <laughs> it would have been talked about more if not for yeah. the game.
0: I was going to do a whole expose. um, (laughs) Oral history of that hit. uh, You know, I don't... Zach Ertz and Fletcher Cox don't strike me as confrontational folks. And I think that... I mean, mean, you've been... In your personal life, you've been asked something that you were like, oh, I don't know if I was prepared for this. That's how the Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz things kind of... You know, and Doug Peterson does the same thing. Doug Peterson doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, he did this whole like—I mean, he looks like a like a 15-year-old who stole the keys to his parents' car and was being asked about it when Jeff McClain asked him about it's, it. It's—it's it. pretty clear
1: they prefer Malcolm didn't say that stuff to us because right. they all were caught off guard by evident. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, that said, though. It's kind but, that, of a but that's Malcom, that's
1: Malcolm's role as the leader, to right. call people out.
0: But that said, I'll say this, there's a double standard, because when Jason Kelsey spoke out, no one said anything. Nobody
1: criticized him for it, nothing. No
0: one, not a person. Besides that again, besides Malcolm, I guess. Yeah. Then again, Jason Kelsey is the only guy that...
1: He could do no wrong in this I time. mean, he really,
0: I mean, well, he plays injured. Everybody knows... He's playing better than any center in the league. And he's, he's had a hurt knee clear, all year. Clear, clearly banged up. Um... I also think offensive line and the secondary have two separate roles, right? Um the secondary's been a weakness of this team all year, even when they didn't have injuries. Um, the offensive line had been a strength forever. So that's kind of it too. Um but yeah, when you talk about leadership, I just think like Brent Selleck, Legarrett Blunt were so important to this team. And very important in the red zone. Remember, Brent Selleck was a pretty good blocker, and Legarrett Blunt was sensational at times in, in short yard situations. So, um, yeah, man, it's hard to make up for that. Patrick Robinson was a really good nickel corner for a year. Um, I don't think Jordan Hicks is, Played the way he'd like to, to yeah. assume that leadership role. When even like
1: Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen were guys that have been here a long oh, time. Yeah, I mean, well, they were they, locker room guys. Even
0: if they're not leaders, their personality, yeah, guys they brought. Well,
1: it, that's important. It's like fills in the cracks of the team, which we've talked about, and they didn't fill out those cracks very well. Well, it's been alluded. Like to- Haloti Nada is not that. Like Haloti there was this weird thing with Helody Nada the other. I, I forget. If, I don't. You might not have been in there when he did this. He, I heard about it. Yeah, so we well, we were all talking. I think it was when we were talking to Malcolm actually, and he like loudly as he's going into the showers. Nobody told me the media was in here. Like, he was mad about it. It didn't sound like he was even joking. It's like, nobody's wanted to talk to Lodi not all year. Uh, yeah, and I he, can't recall. And I don't, like, for a guy who's 34, been in the league 14 years, all pro, like, I don't think he's kind of been what they thought he was going to be in terms of locker room guy either. Yeah, I, mean, I, I that that's I don't want to make accusations or anything. I'm no, just saying, like, you, it's, just from
0: the outside perspective, like there's
1: like you just got a different vibe from Bo Allen and Vinny Curry. Vinny Curry loved talking to the media. Bo Allen was one of the funniest guys on the team. Like, and Loni Nada just hides in the shower when we walk in there. Well, so. I
0: think the thing too is is they've alluded to this with Timmy Jernigan, like his personality. Brings infectious, out yeah. Jay Ajayi, <laughs> another guy who's been talked about, his personality is infectious. They've been missing those type of guys that are like, you know, Zach Ertz is monotone. Uh, I mean, it's it's good.
1: You want to have a mix of the workman like guys and the like outwardly having a great time guys.
0: Yeah. But let's be honest here. If you worked with a bunch of monotone dudes, which is what that's, that's what I'm saying. You need, you need,
1: you know, it's good to have those guys, but you also need the other, the other side of it.
0: Like Nelson's got his moments where he's like a hype guy. A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, but on offense, who's like the guy that's like really like,
1: like, rah, rah. Like, as
0: much as Jason Kelsey's got this public persona, he's not a very, like, boisterous guy. Neither is Lane Johnson. Uh, I think the most personable guy is probably Brandon Brooks.
1: I mean, Al- Alshon would, would randomly be the guy who would, like, say something to get everybody pumped up. But, but he's, he, still, he's pretty still pretty reserved. soft-spoken, do-your-job kind of guy, yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know, I mean, Torrey Smith was probably – they probably missed Tory Smith's leadership in that locker room quite oh a bit, gosh, honestly. Yes. Yeah. He's a guy I didn't mention before. That's a guy Jason Kelsey mentioned, too. Like, he's as well-spoken, as willing to talk, as, you know, he's a guy that if you're struggling, you can go to him. Like, they don't have that on offense. And
0: and that's not Golden Place's Tate.
1: Golden Place's Tate? (laughs) That was a great – that was one of the better slip-ups I've ever heard. (laughs) Golden Place. Uh, You know, that's
0: not (laughs) Golden Tate's, like, forte right now. I mean, it probably normally is, but he's been in this locker room for two, you know, Two minutes. Two minutes. (laughs) <laughs> you, you look at Michael Bennett, you would think Michael Bennett would be really outspoken. He, he, he,
1: he even like openly like said like a week or two. He was like it's time for me to like stop waiting for my opportunity. Like he said that to Dave yeah. Zangaro of uh NBC Sports. Chris
0: Long is a guy who has been very talkative, but it seems like
1: he hasn't talked to the media as much this season. Yeah, I mean I mean I, he he has his every right not to, but I'm yeah, I'm just saying like it uh, that's it's like you know, just, 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 it these, it's just these these just these small things, you know? It's just different there than last year. There's
0: no one like hyping up this even Matt Collins, you watch like the DVD like him, him dancing
1: and all that stuff. Him yeah.
0: Dancing, we, we ain't done dropping. Just balls an energy floor, guy, just an right? energy guy. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that that's an issue. Josh Adams, uh, you've probably never heard him talk, or if you have heard him talk, it's very like. This. It's not much, yeah. It, Corey Clement was that guy, but Corey's barely being used. Which um, he,
1: which is probably part of why he's not been that guy this year. Right, yeah.
0: probably. Um. You know, when the guy, when the most exciting guy in the locker room is Nate Sudfeld, you can't really <laughs> understand.
1: Hey, he's always walking in there with a smile. And here's the
0: thing, Jalen's not around. Yeah. Jalen's been injured. Uh, I think Jay, that's a huge part of Jalen's role is to be that. I mean, team. how
1: many times have you seen those videos of him giving, like, this great pregame speech to hype the guys up?
0: You know, like, that's the thing. Like, I think Jalen Mills is way more important to this team than people realize, and I think he's the eventual successor to, to Malcolm Jenkins' and strong safety. Um, because he'll be cheap. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, there's not a guy. Like, Avante Maddox is soft-spoken. Rasul Douglas, I, I don't know how much you're relying on him.
1: I mean, these are all guys that are in their first or second year anyway, yeah. Right.
0: Uh, Jordan Hicks is a very soft-spoken guy. Nigel Bradham, very soft-spoken. Camus could speak up, but I don't... I mean, he's a captain of the yet. special teams, yeah. Um, it, you know, it's just one of those things where it seems like nobody's taken the co leadership role with Malcolm Jenkins and maybe that's frustrating. Same on offense. Jason Kelsey's that guy but there's not
1: I mean Carson Wentz in reality is not that guy. A lot of times you'll have the quarterback's the one who'll be like we're we're sucking it up right now. We have to we have to get better. And he's right. and he's more I mean that's just not you're not going to force a guy to be who he's not, and that's just not what right, Carson so is. But
0: Doug Marone, when I used to coach him in Jacksonville, Jackson, <laughs> cover him. In man, you coached Jeez, him? That's man, amazing. This has been a bad podcast. So is
1: it your fault that they're this way this season? Because you coached Schwartz, Doug. <laughs> Jim Schwartz
0: would say I'm performing at a four and six level. right now. Uh, So when I used to cover Doug Marone in Jacksonville, he had this thing where he would say this like every time like there was a leadership question. he would say. Originally, I used to force leaders. But then I realized like you can't force a guy to act outside of his character or it'll come off phony or or rehearsed or what have you. And he was noticing with guys that he would force that they would actually lose the locker room quicker than what ha- than than really enhance it. And so he really had to watch his guys. Um you know, Telvin Smith's a guy that's very proact is a very proactive talker. Uh, Paul Piszczek was a guy that was a lead by example dude, but you had to have that mix, like you said earlier. Yeah. So, as much as we like leadership, let me lead us into our next uh, segment. Um,
1: uh, I, yeah, let, let's let's quickly we can quickly talk some matchups. So we you know, we, we went a, we went a little non traditional this episode because there's a lot more like broader storylines that well, think, are important so to cover. Injuries, to but and out. we covered a bunch of the matchups, but more specifically, let's look at like Alshon Jeffrey versus Janoris Jenkins. Alshon Jeffrey had maybe his best game that was the game where he went really he had like two touchdowns right i believe so yeah yeah i mean he had he, a good game i mean and they've clearly studied that up and i mean jenkins had a comment early this week where he said he doesn't think carson's look the same mobility wise which is true yeah, like that's <laughs> accurate but he he yeah, still he still yeah. he still complimented him like the full quote was like him saying like he's still great he's just not running as much so I'm, Alshon has he has been mia a lot of it's been as a result of the quarterback play but, I mean, his performance on Sunday is going to play a huge part in whether they win this game.
0: Certainly. I think, uh... I think there's... I think there's a reason to believe that he might be the catalyst for a win because, you know, Zach Ertz somewhat got shut down against the Saints because they weren't on the field that often. You've got to stop forcing it to Zach Ertz. That's got to be a thing. So, eventually you need other guys to take over. I think Golden. this is a good game for Golden Tate. Um three weeks into the offense, I think you're, I think you're solid. I think, I I think this is the game where you unleash him. Um, and he'll draw, uh, what's his name? I'm totally blanking on his name, but he is like basically a fill in corner himself. Uh, uh, BW Webb. Oh yeah. So he'll, he'll draw him. That's going to be a fun matchup for Tate, especially if he knows what he's doing in, in the offense. Um, Another matchup that I really like is Jason Kelsey versus Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, They traded Snacks Harrison to the... The Giants traded Snacks Harrison to the Lions. Lions. This is going to be a much easier matchup for Kelsey. That said, Tomlinson can anchor really, really well. I do think whoever runs the ball most effectively early on will win this game. And I think Kelsey will play a huge role in that against Tomlinson. Um... You know, we don't really know who the corners are going to be, so we can't really talk about it. Yeah. yeah,
1: I was going to say, it's it funny, Matt Lombardo covers the Giants first now. Like, Aspo, he's trying to get a vibe of, like, matchups. He's like, so who's going to, like, cover Odell and Sterling Shepard? And we both separately told him, we're like, uh, I mean, your guess is as good as mine right now.
0: I mean, it's probably going to be Shannon Sullivan. I mean,
1: Sullivan and Bosby are the outside guys, right? Right. Yeah, so, so.
0: Cravon LeBlanc, LeBlanc will cover... Um, I don't remember who their slot receiver is. Yeah, I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, Look that up for me. But while you're doing that all, I think Bosby could have an okay day against Sterling Shepard. He's pretty inconsistent. Um, But Shannon Sullivan, I I think, would be the matchup for Odell, just because from a speed perspective. I also think that Sullivan is much better than a practice squad player, even though he was on the practice squad. Uh, I think he's developed. He's also had the experience of going up against Mike Thomas now and Cole Beasley and some of the better wide receivers in the league. So he would be the guy that I would probably put on Odell, and then you'd give him help, um, I guess, with Corey Graham, which is basically not giving him any help.
1: Uh it's like Michael Thomas is their nickel <laughs> cornerback. Uh, he's our safety. I guess they put him in the nickel.
0: Uh, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> w. Webb's the, the other <laughs> Yeah, day, yeah. That's why, yeah. All
1: right. I, th- I think that's a good spot to end on, uh, on matchups. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think we we think gotta so? wrap we gotta wrap this up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Been going a while. All right, let's let's get to our picks real quick. Um, I've gone back and forth, but as of right now, I have the Giants winning this game. I have the Giants thirty one, the Eagles twenty four, is what I had. I, I the offense hasn't given me any reason to believe they can they can buck the trend. They if they were going to do it, it would be against the Giants team. But that's where I sit right now.
0: See, I'm a little more optimistic. I don't remember what my actual score was that I picked. You
1: have 23 to 17 Eagles.
0: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring. I'm yeah. going to go 26 20 Eagles. I do think the Eagles win this game. And I think they win it in a way that maybe it's close going into the third quarter um where it's maybe a you know a 17-17 game or uh or like a you know something to that effect. But I think I think the Eagles are in a good spot right now where they can, they can win this game. They definitely can win this game. I mean, it's their season. If they don't win this game, then I don't know really what to tell you.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll end on that note. Uh, as always, make sure you subscribe. We're on all the podcast apps. Uh, leave a comment. We'll, we'll, we'll try and uh, hit them either on Sunday or our next podcast. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. This episode of
0: the No Huddle Show was brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey, or online at ChevroletOfTurnersville.com and CadillacOfTurnersville.com.